I woke up and I told my wife, I said, I don't know what my next series is. It's called Signs. Somebody say Signs. You remember that comedian said, here's your sign. Signs. I'm not talking about signs of the times. One prophet said one time, signs of the times are dropping like flies. Some of y'all get it. Only, 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 only just the old school Christians even know what I just said. <laughs> signs of the times are dropping like flies. Sorry. Thank you. Delane and Amy remembers it. Signs. Look at your neighbor and tell them don't miss the signs. How many knows we got signs all around us? When you leave here today, you'll leave and right before you get to that big, beautiful, glorious sign out there that advertises our church, you're going to pass a sign. Some of y'all been going out of this place so many times, you're always trying to get to eat so fast, you ain't even thinking about it, and you've missed the sign. It's sticking up out of a bush out there. It says, you are now entering the mission field. How many's ever seen that sign? How many, how many has ever looked at that sign and the moment you saw the sign, it caused you to rethink yourself and think, oh my God, you're right. I'm a, how, did it do what it was supposed to do when you looked at it? But you never thought about the mission field if you wouldn't have looked at the sign. Stop signs, yield signs, road signs, one-way signs, street signs. Signs are everywhere. If we didn't have signs, it'd be chaos. Can I get an amen? Every course that you set out in life is filled with signs. Nowadays, we're spoiled because we got GPS. Hey, Siri. Some of y'all, all your phones just turned on. Hey, Siri. See if I can turn your phone on. Hey, Siri. That's right, because I don't have one of them stinking iPhones. I got an Android. All you got to do now is just got to be careful what you say, because I started to say, what's this? Hey, Google. Knows my voice. Navigate to Solid Rock Church. I found this on the web. <laughs> Navigate to Solid Rock Church. All right, Solid Rock Church. Let's go. Let's go! Hey! Now, oh, guess what she just said? You just arrived at your destination. You got that right, sister. I have arrived. Is it, is it just me? I don't know if yours does it or not, but every time I pull in and they say, you've arrived, I always say, you got that right. I don't know why. I just always do. I say it back to my phone. But the first thing your ease of navigation will tell you to do is to turn on a street. But if you're not careful, you'll be like me. You'll get so spoiled that you'll so be so dependent on GPS, and I'll be the first to admit it that I am, that when I get there, if I had to tell you how I got there, you'd be in serious trouble getting there. 
because I have relied on someone else to tell me when to turn and I have not taken the time to look at the street sign myself to even make sure that she's even telling me the truth. How many know sometimes we'll turn and we don't even know what we're turning on but we're just turning because somebody told us to turn. That's the problem with the church now. The church is taking dictation from the world out there trying to tell us how we got to feel, how we got to turn and we done forgot and we wonder how in the world did we get here? What you going to do when your phone dies? See, some of y'all like me. If you had to call somebody for an emergency and your phone was dead and you had to use somebody else's phone, you'd be in trouble because you don't know nobody's phone number. Huh? You driving down the road? Can I be real with y'all? You got to use the bathroom. You looking for a road sign? You're looking for a sign on the side of the road? It's got a symbol. Tells you the gas station or wherever. You pull up. You walk in. You may ask the person, do you have a restroom? They'll point. And even though they point in a direction, what are you looking for? A sign. Make sure you don't go in the broom closet. Just because somebody pointed in that direction, that don't mean that's where the bathroom is. You might have to make another turn to get to it. You're looking for a sign. Am I preaching right? Signs are everywhere. We take them for granted. We pass by thousands of them every day. Some of them don't apply to us. But many do. And we ignore them. Are you hearing me? Now, it's not a sign, but it operates the same way as a sign. Is a red light. There's a sign. Here's your sign at a red light. Red means what? Yellow means what? Speed up. <laughs> punch it. Yellow means punch it, right? No, 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 kids. That is not what it means. It means caution. Slow down. The light is changing. Be responsible. That's what we really meant to say, Right? Green means what? Go. Flashing yellow light means what? Nothing. To some of you. What would happen? What would happen? I know you hate them. I know you sit there at red light sometime and curse them. But what would happen if we didn't have them? You'd never, most people would never make it to their destination. Because other people who think they own the road, slap your neighbor and tell him he's talking to you, would never slow down and punch it and would plow, can I preach a little bit, right into your destiny. Red light, stop signs, yield signs. By the way, do y'all know what a yield sign means? I'm just wondering. In Pinson, I wonder if people know what it means. It doesn't mean stop. It means yield, slow down, look, give way, but go if you can. 
I'm going to have a driving class by the end of this series is over with. One way or another, I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you. Oh, sorry. sorry. One way sign. What does one way sign mean? Have you ever been as stupid as me and turned into ongoing traffic in downtown Birmingham on a one way? I have. People were waving at me like you wouldn't believe, saying, you're number one driver. My wife, I won't even tell you what she said. But the signs are there to help us. So when I woke up, I realized that we choose to look at the signs that we think only apply to us. Some of the signs that are put in our life do not speak directly to us. They are for someone else, but God wants us to obey those signs so that our obedience can be used for somebody else's blessing and someone else to be brought up. What if my wife in my own life would have never saw greatness in me and said those words, I see greatness in you. She had to slow down and choose to see the signs of my life to speak into my life. Why do you stop? You don't stop for you. Why do you stop? Why is there a, why is, what is the purpose of the stop sign? The purpose of the stop sign is not for you. The purpose of the stop sign, sometimes God stops you dead in the tracks so that you will not barrel over someone else that God is trying to do something in their life. Am I preaching right? Say amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's not all about you. Purpose in 2020 to do what God has called you to do. See the signs that God has given you while you're driving, but to be careful. You know what my mama taught me a long time ago, and we've taught both of our children? Listen, when you go out on the road, I know you say, be careful, baby. Oh, I'm going to be careful, Dad. But then I say, I'm not, it's not you that I'm worried about. I need you to not just be watching what you're doing. You have to be watching what everybody else is doing. When you're going down the interstate 65, 70 miles an hour and you got a car swerving back and forth, you're not just changing the dial on the radio. You're watching that person because you don't know what they're going to do at any time. And you realize even though that's not me in that car, what they are doing could directly affect what I'm about to do in my life. It's not about you. So I started looking at these, light, these signs. I'm going to preach on the stop sign. I got a word, my God, I got a word on the stop sign. I'm touching your neighbor, tell you, you need to stop some stuff. 
We're going to stop some stuff dead in this track. I'm going to preach on the yield sign. I'm going to preach about how the word of God teaches us that one of the most important signs that we should ever see on our destiny is the yield sign. It doesn't mean stop, but it might mean slow down, and it might mean give way to someone else. Mm. I'm going to preach on a one-way sign. Huh? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by me. Let me tell you something. There's a one-way sign that was nailed to a cross on Mount Calvary. Praise God. And the world's trying to tell us that there's all different kinds of ways. But let me tell you, there is a sign. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. There's one way to get to the Father. I might preach on turn signals. Some of y'all don't even know what it is. I'm going to tell you, I could preach like a wild man on turn signals. That drives me insane. But today, for about 10 minutes, I'm going to say, there's one sign that you need to focus on. Put it up there. No parking at any time. Slap your neighbor and tell him this is not a parking lot. Mm. Oh, we got a parking lot out there for your car, but I ain't preaching about your car. I'm preaching about you. This house is a no parking zone. We don't park in this house at any time. I didn't say we didn't rest. There's a difference between resting and parking. When you park, you make a decision to take all the gears away, put it up in a permanent place, turn the key off, and walk out. Let me tell you something. We don't walk out on the call of God that's on our life. We bring people into this house. We equip them for the work of the ministry, and we send them out to the race. Philippians chapter 3 says this not that I have already attained or already perfected but I press on somebody shall press on I press on that I may hold that which are for our Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind me reaching forward to those things which are ahead I press forward to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus somebody shout 2020 I'm gonna press on I'm not sitting still. Nobody is going to park me. Everybody's on a journey. Everybody's on a journey. Are you breathing? If you're breathing, that means God ain't through with you. If you're breathing, you're still in the seat. If you're breathing, your foot's still on the pedal. I remember what my granddaddy told me one time. He said... There's a reason I ain't got no rocking chair on my front porch. I ain't got nothing against rocking chairs. I got them. This is what he said, though. He said, I'm going to work out in my shop till I, till the day I die. Because the day I sit down in that rocking chair, I'm done. My body, he didn't say this, what he was saying. A body in motion 
stays in motion. But a body at rest stays at rest. He knew I'm too old to sit down now. If I sit down and I spend my days every day sitting in this rocking chair, I'm done. The grave is waiting on me. I'm telling you right now, I'm about a place in my life I want to tell you, I'm not slowing down. I'm just getting started. I might sit in a rocking chair in the natural, but I ain't sitting in no rocking chair in the spirit realm. If there's breath in my body, Mac Daddy, can I get a witness back over there? Praise God. Some of y'all calling yourself old because you're in your 40s. This man over here is pre- reaching his mid-80s and he'll put some of y'all to shame dancing in the glory of God. He ain't slowing down. He ain't parking. In fact, when I talked about somebody went up over and up, he shouted me down louder than any of you. He's in overdrive. Somebody say no parking allowed. People are leaving churches now because they're burnt out. They don't want to serve the church anymore, so they want to go find a big church where they can just park and sit and hide. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting. And do nothing. Do nothing. And be happy and content and say things like, I've never been closer to God than I am in my life right now. This microphone working. I'm just wondering. I'm not saying that there ain't times that you need to take to be healed and be rest. But after a while, there's a reason there's a transmission in that car. Huh? There's reason there's a lever on that column or in that floorboard. It's there, but it will stay there as long as you don't put your hand on it and change the gear. So get your healing. But put it in drive. Quit finding a place to hide. Quit finding a place to park. Jesus didn't park. He went away to rest. Remember I told you there's a difference between parking and resting. He went away to rest and pray, but then he came back. He's, Jesus was the one that said, work while it is day, for the night comes when no man can work. I've heard preachers say, I'll rest when I get to heaven. I'll slow down when I get to heaven. I'll sleep when I get to heaven. Listen, don't don't twist my words. I'm all about rest. I'm all about relaxation. I'm all about family time. But let me tell you something. We've been raising a generation. Oh, I hope I don't get no God mad at me when I say this. Because I'm all about family time. But some of y'all have used family time as an excuse to not want to serve God. Mm. my pastor told me one year entire relationship as father and son he said let me tell you something son don't believe the lie that family will always go before your ministry it's a lie he said when you go to ministry sometimes the ministry goes before your family he said if it don't sometimes then how are you going to reach people when you're going through something Your family has got to be taught that you as a man of God at some times, not all the time, not even most of the time, but sometimes you got to look at your wife, you got to look at your husband, you got to look at your kids and say, I'll be back, but God has called me to go do something. Hmm? If you don't like that, I'm sorry, but if you'll read your Bible, you'll see that's what the Bible teaches. 
Oh, the priority list is always God first. Huh? Family, church, ministry, and all that in the priority list. But sometimes things have to be amended for the moment. But we, can I be real with y'all this morning on the first Sunday on 2020, whether you like it or not? Sometimes we interpret the Word of God through a, through a mindset that enjoys the parking position. Can I ask you something? A car, every car, if you got a car in here, say amen. In your car, is there a park? Is there a neutral? Is there a drive? Is there a reverse? Do you understand? They're there for a reason. That means sometimes you're supposed to park. But that ain't all you're supposed to, to do. Sometimes you're supposed to drive. But that ain't all you're supposed to do. Sometimes you're supposed to go backwards. Huh? How many know sometimes you can't get out of a situation unless you decide to go backwards and retrace and turn around? Huh? Are y'all hearing me? Sometimes situations come up in your life and you just got to say, you know what, that ain't my fight, I'm neutral. Am I preaching right? But here's the thing, here's the problem. We forget that in our vehicle, all of those letters are there because that car was designed at different times in our life to operate in each and every one of them. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Think about the children of Israel. The children of Israel, let me, let me back up and say it this way. How many know sometimes you can be moving in the natural but parked spiritually? You can look busy. In fact, you can work so hard for the church that you forgot who you're working and serving for, Jesus. I've seen people serve the church well, but not serve Jesus at all. Oh, my God, I'm preaching good. I'm not talking about you put it in drive so that you can park cars and hand out worship guides and do all these kind of things. I'm talking about a matter of the heart. You can be busy doing things, but spiritually dead and parked on the inside. The children of Israel had just saw ten major plagues and miracles. And on the last one, God said, you're coming out on this one. And they marched out. And the Bible says that when they came out, watch this, not one single person was sick. Not one single person was hurting in their body. Everything the Egyptians had stolen them from them financially had been returned to them. It looked like they had everything anybody could ever ask for. They got to the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. They walked over on dry land. Hold up. They walked over on dry land. They watched Pharaoh sw swallowed by the water. Listen. They get on the other side. They say, we're hungry. We're starving. God sends them manna. Are y'all hearing me? Falls from heaven. 
They don't even have to work for it. They say, well, this is all good. But I want some meat to eat. This tastes like bread. We ever going to get any meat? God sends them birds by the millions. Listen to what happens. Numbers chapter 11 verse 4 says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings. So the children of Israel wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, listen, that we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is being dried up. There is nothing for us except all this manna before our eyes. This is the the evidence of someone moving in the wilderness but parked in their minds spiritually. Listen, what I'm trying to help you see today is we want you to be able to move in the physical, healed in the physical, but it's time for you to walk in the spiritual. It's time for you to walk in your purpose and in your destiny. It's time for you to understand that when you come in this house, man, this is a no parking zone, not a no healing zone, not a no restoration zone, not a time where you can take a season and be healed, not a time when you can take off from ministry and just be healed. That's not what I'm saying. Don't twist my words. I'm telling Take as long as you want, but at some time, at some point, know that we're going to lovingly encourage you to put your hand on the gear shift and put it into gear. Why? Because God has called us to see greatness in you. God has called us to empower you. God has called us to make sure that you are able to do everything God has called you to do. Listen to how they describe being a slave. Oh, we're just sitting there thinking about all that fish, that grilled fish. Oh, it was amazing. Sprinkled with cucumbers and grilled melons and and leeks and onions on the side. Oh, and then they sprinkle a little garlic on it. Oh, if I could just have some of that garlic fish again back in Egypt. Do you see the silliness of that? They were slaves. What they're discussing is the remnants of the fish that the Egyptian people had ate, chewed up in their mouth and didn't like the way it tasted and threw it to the ground and they would run and eat what had come out of the mouth of an Egyptian, what was left over for the dogs. But while they were in the, in the wilderness, you, you ever heard it said this way, they came out of Egypt but they couldn't get Egypt out of them. Come on. Let me tell you something. When I looked at my wife earlier, and I said, this is why last night happened. I'm feeling it again right now. Let me, let me just go ahead and tell you what happened last night. Last night, I fought the devil over this message and over this Sunday like I have not fought the devil in probably 15 years. I had a complete message. And at 11 p.m. last night, I looked at my wife. She could see that look. She's seen it on me before. She says, are we okay for tomorrow? That's what she said. Are we okay? I said, let me tell you something. Every single thing that I wanted to say has been torn up and thrown in the trash. Because there are going to be some people that come in this building tomorrow that are going to need to hear what God is telling me to say. And it's going to be unpopular. It's going to be difficult to preach. But I'm going to preach it anyway. 
Okay? Because this is what I told God. I want clarity in 2020 vision. I, want, I, want, I don't want to just have clarity in my life. I want to be a used as a vessel to help you see clearly what God has for you. God has not called you to a parking lot. Can I get an amen? They came out of Egypt, but they still had Egypt in them. Some of you are still parked in your past. Some of you, you're like me. I was 20-something years old in my mid-20s. I was a husband. I was a father. I was a pastor. But on the inside, I was parked as a 10-year-old. I was still parked in physical abuse. I was still parked in verbal abuse. I was still parked in the things that was done to me. So anytime anything came up in my life, I reverted back to that place that I had never put it in drive from. Can I get an amen? So I was moving in my family. I was working and providing for my home. I was going to church. I was preaching. I was studying. But there was a part of my destiny that was still in the parking lot of age 10. People will park at a failure. They will park at a condition. They will park in an environment. See, what if Peter would have parked in his denial? Peter denied Christ, and on the third time, he cursed Christ and said, I don't know that blanket and blank Jesus. Leave me alone. He wept and he cried when he saw Jesus pass by. But how many knows, just a few chapters later, Jesus is looking at Peter saying, Peter, do you love me? And thank God he wasn't parked at the rooster crow. Thank God he was able to let it go. Thank God he was able to move beyond it. Lord, you know I love you. Well, then listen to me, son. Don't stay in park. Feed my sheep. Maybe he was still a little bit in park there. Listen, I want to ask you again, Peter. Peter, do you love me? Oh, yeah, I love you, Lord. But you know I've messed up. I've messed up. Put your hand on the gear shift sign and listen to me. Do you love me? Well, Lord, of course I love you. Well, feed my lambs. Okay, okay. He looks at Peter and said, no, he's still parked a little bit. Peter, listen to me. You denied me three times, so I'm going to ask you three times. Peter, do you love me? God, God, I'm weeping before you. You know I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. He didn't ask him again. You know why? Because at that point, Peter put it in drive. What if he would have stayed there? There wouldn't have been an Acts chapter 2. These men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of. That in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. You sir. That ain't the words of somebody parked in their past. Some people park in their condition. They'll praise God until they get a diagnosis. Huh? And now everything from that point forward has put you in the parking lot of cancer. Put you in the parking lot of heart disease. Put you in the parking lot of AIDS. Put you in the parking lot, come on somebody, of kidney disease, high blood pressure, arthritis. Fill in the blank. Well, I do this, Lord, but I got this condition. So I'm hindered. The Lord's saying to you today, it's not, I'm not trying to belittle you, but he's, he's wanting me to ask you a question. Don't you know that he knows about your condition? Mm. If he was through with you, he done called you home. Hallelujah. If he was done with you, he done called you home. 
How many knows God can use you in your condition? But you got to put it in dry, baby. You can't stay and cry like a baby in the parking lot. Well, whose report are you going to believe? Hmm. You going to believe a doctor? Some of them don't even believe in God. And even if they do believe in God, you going to believe their diagnosis or are you going to believe the report of the Lord? Can I tell you something? Even if the healing don't come, you still got to praise him. Oh, I said, even if the healing don't come, you can't stay there. Even if you don't get what you asked for, you can't stay parked. You can't stay there. <laughs> Paul said, I asked the Lord three times to remove the messenger from Satan that was sent to buffet me. I couldn't get rid of it. There's a big debate on what it was. I don't even care what it was, but it must have been something big because if Paul, the apostle Paul, asked God three times for him to remove it, but on the third time, ain't it something about threes? Huh? Come on, somebody. How many of those? I know now we got more gears than three, but the first transmissions had three gears. Oh, my God. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Flesh, soul, and spirit. Come on, are you hearing me? I could go on and on. Ask the Lord to remove it three times. And the Lord said unto me, Nope. But I tell you what I will give you. Grace. My grace is sufficient for thee. <laughs> Woo! In other words, put it in drive, brother. Get out of this parking lot. Get out of your weepy, pitiful party. Some of y'all don't want to get out of parking lot. Some of y'all don't want to take it out of park. Some of y'all want to stay in your condition because if you know if you got out of if you if you actually tried to go forward, you wouldn't get the attention that you're getting now. Some of y'all ain't full of the devil, but you carry one around. Because as long as you got your little pet demon, everybody love you, call you, check on you, pray for you, make sure when you ain't in church that they go see you. But let, you, let yourself get free in the middle of a service. Let that devil come off of you and everybody see you're free. They'll sort of think, well, you know what? Maybe they're growing up in the Lord. They don't need me to call them on Monday. Maybe I need to check on somebody else that's struggling. Maybe they're strong enough to be able to handle it if I don't call them. And then when I don't call you, you somebody don't call you, get right back in that parking lot and invite that devil come right back up in your shoulders. Woo. My God, what a life-encouraging message on the first Sunday in 2020. Some people will park in their environment. Their environment is their parking lot. 
Well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor. You was born on that side of the tracks. I was born on this side. I was born here. I was born there. I didn't know my mama and daddy. I was left. I was raised by my grandparents. We were raised in poverty. I was raised on food stamps and and welfare. Let me tell you something. I'm not belittling any of it. But let me tell you something. When you get, oh, my God, I'm preaching better than you shouting. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I got news for you right now. I am not defined by what happened to me when I was a child. I am not defined by what side of the tracks I was born on. If I was born in poverty, that doesn't mean I'm going to park in poverty. I'm breaking that generational curse. Don't you want your kids to break it? Don't you want your kids not to have to live like you lived? Then you're going to have to get out of the parking lot. No parking in poverty. Somebody shout, no parking in poverty or lack. I got news for you. No matter how much money you had, I'm going to be real with y'all this morning. It don't matter how much money you had. It don't matter what language you speak, what color your skin is, who your mama was, who your daddy was, what blood you got flowing through your veins or not. If you are breathing, God made you the way you are, and he's got a destiny for you. I got news for you. God didn't create nobody. Proper English. God didn't create anybody. Just so they could struggle and live in poverty. I got news for the gospel is called good news. That ain't good news. If you're poor, the good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor. The good news to the sick is you don't have to be sick. The good news to the depressed is you can have joy. But God said, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. Whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. Give, and it shall be given. In other words, God says, you got to put it in drive. And then the GPS will take over. You ever put in something in GPS and you're sitting in the parking lot of a business? Or you put your home address or whatever, and you look down at it, and it tells you, it shows you in the parking lot, and and if you're like me, I don't know if and I know out in the front parking lot of this building, but anywhere else in the world, I don't know what is north and south, anywhere, any direction. Somebody said, just go north. I'm like, uh, what? Which way's north? That's said, well, don't you know how you can look at the sun at the time of the day? Are you kidding me? No. I'll be sitting there and it will say, in in 500 feet, turn right on Highway 79 going north. Well, now I know what that is north here. Well, if I'm at a place I don't know where it is, this has happened to me many times. I look down at it, and it looks like, according to the map, that I'm supposed to turn right. But it hasn't oriented itself yet, so I just follow what it looks like, and the moment I get on the road, it's just a rerouting, and it says, make a U-turn. And I'm like, my God! And then I realize I rely way too much on this thing. Can I get an amen? 
I was going somewhere with that, and I forgot all about what I was going to say. It was going to be awesome. Now watch this. I'm hurrying. Watch this. The thing about a journey, when you get in a car, the thing that's so awesome about the invention of the automobile is that all it really did was give us a quicker way to get to our destiny. If my destiny is where that speaker is, I can walk and I'll eventually get there. But if I got in my truck, I could get there a lot faster. Let me tell you what the vehicle that I'm talking about is. It is your spirit man. It is your destiny. It is the purpose for which you were created. Within you, God said he's given you a measure of faith. Everybody has within them the ability to speak to a mountain and say to that mountain, be removed. We all have that within us. We have a vehicle within us. And when we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes in that vehicle called the spirit man to give us the ability to not be defined by anything in our past. And we leave one spot. And we go to another. Now what happens when we get to the next spot? We put it in park again. But it's okay to park sometimes because that's where God has taken you on the journey. Now, you don't drive to a parking lot in Walmart just to sit in the parking lot at Walmart and think, man, that was a cool drive. I love this parking lot. And you just sit there and just start people watching in the parking lot. Don't do that at Walmart. Don't do that at Walmart. No, most of the time you pull up, you put it in park, and you get out, and you go do the reason that you. Are y'all hearing me? Listen to what Isaiah 43 says this. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old from where you came. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Watch this. I love this part. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Sometimes you got to get there by car. Sometimes you got to get there by boat. But God said, if you'll just take it out of park and do what I've told you to do, I'll, I'll make a road where there's not even a road. I'll make a river where there's not even a river. How many know sometimes it don't even make sense? God will tell you to get in a boat in somebody's yard. And you say, this is spiritually speaking, and you're in a boat and you're like, God, this is stupid. But I'm going to do what you told me to do, Lord. And all of a sudden, the boat lifts up and there's a river where there wasn't even a river. What? Why? It was already there, but God couldn't reveal it until you decided to get yourself positioned in the place to move in the direction that God wants to move you. And do you know, let me say this as I close. Do you know how a car gets parked? Who parks it? The driver. Inside that vehicle, there's a transmission. 
There's a park position, there's a reverse position, there's a neutral position, there's a drive position, and then there's the lower gears that takes you up in that automatic transmission. The potential to go forward, back, reverse, stop, accelerate, it's all in that vehicle. But it can sit in your yard and can rust and fall apart and one day die and never be usable again until somebody gets in it and puts it in gear. People nowadays say stuff like this. I don't need to go to church. I can serve God and not go to church. Let me tell you something. I don't care if you like what I'm about to say or not. I'm going to tell you right now. If you do not attend a church and you do not have a pastor that is pouring into you and you are not supporting that ministry, serving or at least with everything in your being, trying to attend and serve and be around other believers, you are not going to convince me that you are driving your car the way God wants you to drive your car. You're not. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. You're not moving the way God intended for you to move. You can't do it. Because this is, this is the garage, man. In this house, in all four sections of seats in this house, there are people driving brand new cars. I'm talking spiritually speaking. There are people driving beat up cars, jalopies. Some of y'all prayed in the Holy Ghost just to get your spiritual car even to church. All hell broke against you this morning to keep you from coming to the house of God. But you drove that thing smoking up and had the porch 12 quarts of olive oil, prayer oil inside it. Come on, somebody. Just to get it out of the parking lot. But you came on. But when you, you ever been, you ever, ever been that place where you felt like you was falling apart? That you got in the presence of other believers got in the presence of worship all of a sudden you felt revived all of a sudden you felt like you was running smoother than you run in a long time that's what this place is that's what this place is called to be don't stay parked don't stay parked in your problems don't stay parked because of what people said about you don't stay parked in what you've said about you tonight at 6 o'clock I'm encouraging every one of you to put that car in drive and get to the house of God bring somebody with you that's parked in their problems you love them but they're parked in their condition parked in their sickness and they need a miracle miracles are going to happen in this place tonight miracles are going to happen because God is moving in this house I'm not giving place to the devil but I'm going to say this I don't know who you are I don't even need to know who you are fought the devil face to face today for you to try to get you out of park I have not battled to get a message out like this in this building probably since the rock school but I fought that devil in the name of Jesus for you 
I'm going to tell you something. If it was you, there ain't no way I'd stay in Martin. God spoke to you through this message and said, it's time for me to get out of my past and get out of those things that keep putting me down and keep holding me still. I'm ready to be free. I'm going to ask you to come and stand before me right now.